Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Glad to have you along on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, Will Easton for Michael Borky today. You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Will's pressing the buttons today. Mr. East, how are you? Hola, I am good. I've got uh, some uh, fun things in store for the kids today. Oh, do you now? Oh, I do. So it's not just going to be straight hard rock for three hours? Well, uh, two hours, 58 minutes of, yeah, yeah. So, no, not three hours. Not not the full three hours. Uh, hey, Dad, what's shaking on a Wednesday? Not much. Not much. Getting ready for some baseball tonight. It's been a while since I've been in Diddy Noble, so uh, excited to get back there. You remember the way? Uh, it's just, yeah, I can get you there. No problem. You've been in Starkville long enough that you've kind of got all the, like, meandering backways, do your best to avoid traffic figured out, huh? Well, not only that, Richard, but I mean, I worked for 20-plus years for a pizza delivery place, man. I can, I, there's a lot of places in town. You just tell me the address, I'll tell you what color the house is. Oh, that's a little creepy. <laughs> it's just I've just been there. like uh, Good customers. Okay, so you were a manager of a pizza delivery pl- place for a while, yeah. but you were also a driver? I, t- I, t- I took some deliveries, yeah. I mean, I just you just know where stuff is after a while. Yeah, no, I understand that, but I, I need some I need some pizza delivery driver stories. Oh God, no, no, we're not doing this. Oh, my wife will be better for are. that, but no, no, it's not happening. You know, it's not happening. No, what, how no. many different like forms of currency slash other things did you where you tried like did people try to tip you in other than money? Uh, beer was a was a uh, was one. I, I've had I've been offered and I may I may have taken some beer. I would say was that offensive. When no, somebody no. offered to tip you that way, or were late you... at night, and you want a cold one? Sure. What's the best tip you ever got when you were see, the pizza delivery driver? See, for me, I never uh, like the big deliveries. I would let the actual drivers take them, so I never made more than like maybe like a five ten dollar tip. I've seen two three hundred dollar tips though. Really? Yeah. Because isn't the general impression that people don't tip pizza delivery drivers very well? They they don't they you know has they that evolved at all? Uh, it has through the years I think, but I mean, for a lot of people, like for large orders, I would just tell them straight up, be like, okay, so we'll we'll deliver this to you, blah blah blah. You know, we want to give the driver about ten fifteen percent, and nine times out of ten, they never said anything. Sometimes they would be like, really? Like, yeah, I mean, this guy's going to bring you two hundred and fifty pizzas. It's going to take a few minutes. <laughs> give him a little something for the effort. 
Yeah. Wait, you had somebody order 250 pizzas one time? That's not even the biggest order I've ever handled, but yeah. What's the biggest order ever? <sighs> Outside of like the stuff we would sell at the stadium back in the day? Yeah, I mean, that doesn't count. I mean, I've like where two, somebody I've calls there. and says, hey, I need X number of pizzas. Can you have them to me in half an hour? <laughs> oh, in half an hour, I would tell you no on 250 pizzas. But, uh, uh, I mean, I've, I've done five, 600 pizza orders. Holy cow. Is there like a truck for that? Uh, no, that's just like, hey, we need six drivers on the schedule to take that out sometimes. You can fit 500 pizzas in six cars? Uh, if you do it right, yeah. You what's got a couple the, trucks, you know, put them in the bed. What's the craziest thing you ever encountered when you knocked on somebody's door and said, Nudity. Pizza. Nudity. Ooh, that's tough. Like full <laughs> on? Yeah. Hey, hey, I'd, like, I'd like to apologize for that, by the way. Uh, I didn't mean to. I thought you were somebody else. Will was really hammered after the 99 egg bowl. He was just drowning his sorrows. And, All right, is nah. this male nudity or female nudity? Unfortunately, it was male. So, this, Did this happen only one time? Just, just once to me. But, I mean, I, I, every driver I've ever worked with has had it happen to him at least once. Was it somebody that was playing a joke or, like, no, they really forgot no, that they no, ordered and no, came to the door? No, it's just no, full on front. Uh, no, no. It was just, hey! The audacity not even to throw a towel on. It's just like, I'm opening this and whoever's there, it's They're just going to get it. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's no do fun. You think that, do you think that the guy that was full on buck nay when he opened the door realized it? <laughs> yes, he did. He did. For me, anyway. How does that work? You just stand there and like, like, is like, there like hey, a battle for dominating eye contact? Eleven ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I try to maintain eye contact at all times. So, don't look. Did he down. already have the money? Did he have the money ready, or did he have to like oh, hang yeah, on to go yeah, grab no. my wallet? I believe. I believe it was near the uh, the table there. So he just he, it wasn't all, it was the, the transaction didn't take that long. <laughs> thankfully, you can't let the nude guy alpha you. I feel like that's what he's no. trying to do there, and you just have to keep staring at him. <laughs> Should I go on the other way and just look straight down at it and been like, "Hey, how's it going?" All right, so so what else? What else did you encounter besides full-on frontal male nudity when delivering a pizza? Uh, I've had some people offer me some substances that might be illegal, and in fact, are in this state. Um, okay, I turn those down. I turn those down. Good for you. Uh, not not my cup of tea. Was that? Did they want you to like swap the pizza for that? That is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had, okay. you know, everybody like, hey, can you pick me up this, that, or the other? Beer, cigarettes, which you can't. You can't do that. Um, so you can't turn into a full-on delivery service. You can only right, deliver right, right. the uh, double pepperoni you, you, yeah, with no cheese. At that point, you, you can, if you want to deliver alcohol, I would suggest watching Smokey and the Bandit. That's, that's sort of where that goes. Okay. So, um, you know, I mean, it's just... I, All right, I so you've been know. offered drugs. You've dealt with full-on frontal male nudity. Have any yeah. of them ever been combined? Like, have you ever like no, given no, nude guys some cowboy killers? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What is that? Marlboro Reds. Oh, okay. Uh, not that I remember. It's been a while, thankfully. <laughs> okay, so what would number three on the list be after full-on frontal male nudity oh. and drugs? <sighs> I I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have to think. I mean, it's been a long time. Thank thank you. You said you did this for twenty years. I did. I mean, that's why. But I'm just saying, like, a lot of it runs together. The 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 people who I remember are the the creme de la creme of of bad. 
So, I mean, once you get past drugs and nudity, how much is there left to give, you know? I mean, what's third? I don't know. Are people's houses generally, from what you can see through the front door, clean or, like, disgustingly messy? It depends on where you go. I mean, if you go to a nice neighborhood, you go, or just go to a neighborhood for the most part. Everybody's pretty clean. You knock on a house in the Cotton District that's surrounded by students, you know, it's probably a little, little ragtag. Fair enough. Hey, what's coming up this afternoon? The SEC softball tournament is going on in College Station. They are currently in a weather delay. You've got one game in the books. You might be interested in the results of that one. Mississippi State won 3-2. to two. This was the first time that the SEC softball tournament has had a play-in game. So 13 of the 14 schools in the SEC um, play softball. Was it Vanderbilt that doesn't? Vanderbilt doesn't, right. So, yeah. They, they bowl, bowl instead. Yeah. Right. So 13 of the 14 schools have a softball team. So in the past, you had one school that didn't make the tournament. You had 12 teams that got in. This year, they went with a play-in game. Uh, Mississippi State was the 12 seed, and they've been hot over the last couple of weeks of the season. Texas A&M, who is hosting the tournament, was the 13 seed. They played earlier today. Mississippi State won 3-2, to two, setting up a second game tonight, assuming the weather cooperates, against Ole Miss. Tell you more about what happened the first time those two teams met in Starkville back in early April. Memphis is in Starkville tonight to take on Mississippi State. Game 7 last night in the Stanley Cup playoff quarterfinals. Correct. Semis. You're on to the Western Conference yeah, Finals Yeah, that's right. Now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you get conference finals, Well, but, but that's kind of like quarterfinals. Semifinals yeah. would be next, and then the finals are the final two teams. Yeah, well, yeah but I mean, you have sure, the conference like, finals. It's like, you know, it's like having the NFC Championship game and then the, the Super Bowl. I get what you're getting at, but I was just I was confused at first because they call it the conference semis. Okay, so the conference semifinals. This is the round of eight in yes. the Stanley Cup. You had a game seven last night. By the way, both of you predicted that the uh, Dallas Stars were going to win. Both of both. you boys were wrong. I tried to tell you. Double O team I'll, home court I'll, advantage. I'll rep that one. Home ice, ice. Home advantage. ice. Home ice last night. St. Louis gets a double OT win. Yeah. We were introduced, unless you are a St. Louis Blues fan, you probably knew this was going on already, to the revival of a 1982 classic. Tell you what the classic was and how it led Brian Haydad into an interesting Twitter oh, we're going to talk about that. last night. I can't yes. Wait. There's a guy that called you out on Twitter because he has downloaded 12,800 songs to his iTunes account, and therefore he is an expert. That's the weirdest flex of all time, man. Yeah. Do you know how many CDs my car plays, guy? (laughs) NBA playoffs update coming up, and what are the best stadium anthems in all of sports? Coming up next, we'll look at what's happening tonight in Starkville with Memphis and Mississippi State and take a peek at last night's non-conference results. Didn't go well for LSU. That's when we continue with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
prepaid by C Spire and get two lines of unlimited for $35 each plus two free phones all on a top-tier network that won't give you lower data priority. Finally, prepaid that's customer-inspired. Learn more at cspire.com. 601 Let's see, ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. On the ceasefire text line, will the Mississippi State softball game be on television tonight? The answer to that is yes, assuming they eventually play. It looks like the front's going to move on through in uh, in a little while. Probably going to be a late start. I think it's originally scheduled for like either 7 or 8 o'clock central time. So my guess is it gets pushed back a little bit. They have a little late-night softball action in uh, in College Station. Uh, all the games, though, on the SEC Network. As it stands, I have currently watched an interview with the Missouri softball coach in which she refers to the SEC softball tournament as Christmas morning 14 times in the last hour and a half. It's like they're on a uh, little bit of a loop on uh, on that. To borrow the words of young Brian Scott Rippey, the weather forecast for this weekend in Oxford, sub-optimal. Like, really not very good at all. It's hard to believe that you wouldn't play any baseball, right? I mean, that, that seems highly unlikely. And yet, when you look at the forecast for the weekend, the rain in North Mississippi starts tomorrow. There is a 100% chance of thunderstorms on Thursday. There is an 80% chance of thunderstorms on Friday. There is a 100% chance of thunderstorms on Saturday. And on Sunday, well, they lessen the likelihood down to 60% and call it scattered thunderstorms. So you just kind of hope that the forecast gets better. Well, your proposal what is, Rippy? Are you really want me to do, like... Visit this? Yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about yesterday. We were talking about a pair of seven-inning games. You were like, oh, I'll just play 14 for two wins. I, 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 it took me a little bit. You were suggesting that instead of two seven-inning games, you play one 14-inning game that counts as two wins or two losses. Somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but it would kind of be fascinating to see how the opposing managers pitch that game. Do you go two starters? What do you do? Do you throw your best arms for as long as you can? be kind of interesting. I don't think the SEC would sign off on that one, though. Yeah, probably not. I mean, and then what if you get like a uh, a Game 7 Jack Morris performance for the Minnesota Twins where he goes, he go 10 or 11 innings in that game? I believe it's 10. I don't believe he went 10. I think he went 10 innings on like two days rest. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a horse, man. He did not. There, there was no taking him out of that ball game. And, and so when I suggested that, you know, you might only be able to get one day of play in you had an alternate suggestion <laughs> all i did was add 11 innings to it and said 125 inning for three wins three losses hey dad rippy's suggesting that if uh if the weather doesn't cooperate for the first couple of days and it's good on sunday that we play a single 25 inning game that what counts time does that game either. start at 7 a.m 9 a.m we're probably getting out of there around 10 no, no. It would make for a wild press conference. It would be like, like a seven- or eight-hour game. game really oh. seemed to turn in the 16th, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you've Coach, seen Ole Miss take you back to the bottom of 17 when you had the bases loaded. Yeah. You've seen Ole Miss and Mississippi State play a 17-inning game that counted for only one win or one loss. Wasn't Rip- on purpose. Yeah, R- Rippy's suggesting a 25-inning. What if it went to extra innings? Oh, why are, we, why, are, why are we jinxing ourselves? We're going to end up with a real game like this. 
Uh, you had a what a twenty inning game this year in uh, in Athens, Georgia Clemson. Yeah, Georgia Clemson. Yeah, yeah twenty yeah. innings. I mean, what's five more innings on top of that? If you get a nine a.m. first pitch, it's, it's it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But when you start, you know, six o'clock, you know, this is there, summer, and there's no Waffle House in Oxford, right? There's a Huddle House. Okay, I don't want the poor man's Waffle House. I don't think I've ever been to that Huddle House. Have this, you not? No, I don't think so. I've done the Waffle House in Batesville before. Um, this summer I think I had a twelve inning game that they were gonna like squash, but then decide to start it at eleven fifty, and it went twelve innings. <sighs> Enough. Baseball tonight in Starkville, Mississippi State and Memphis. There does not appear to be any issue of weather. Keegan James is going to start on the mound for Mississippi State. No announcement yet as to who Memphis is going to start in the ball ballgame. A um, couple of notes. Uh, Ethan Small, first SEC Player of the Week honor on May 6th after going seven hitless, scoreless innings at Texas A&M. 78th all-time meeting between Mississippi State and Memphis Bulldogs. Pretty commanding lead in the series, 51-26 to all-time. And uh, Jake Mangum currently sitting on 360 career hits. Hard to believe Darren Schoenrock is still the coach at Memphis. I mean, has he ever even been to the NCAA tournament? He's been at least once. It may be a couple of trips. I, I remember one time in particular. What is he in his? Four, I think he's in his fourteenth season. It may because, be longer than that. Uh, Fourteen or fifteen. Here, here's the reason that I remember that fifteenth season. You're right. Look at you. And well, uh, two two reasons. I'll, I'll tell you that I remember that. Number one, I did an Ole Miss Memphis game earlier this year, and I said to him in the in game interview. Coach, it's really hard to believe that you've been at Memphis this long because I vividly remember you as an assistant at Mississippi State. So that's number one. Number two, Dan McDonald. You know that name, right? Of course. He badly, badly wanted the Memphis job. He had been on Mike's original staff at Ole Miss and I guess had been there three years and clearly was a head coach in the making interviewed for the Memphis job, and for whatever reason didn't go well, personalities didn't jive, I don't know, he didn't get the job. He was pretty bummed out about it. Boy, in hindsight, if Memphis could go back, huh? (laughs) If you could have one do-over, RC One NCAA tournament appearance for for Memphis under Sean Rock, 2007. Meanwhile, Dan McDonald has taken Louisville to four College World Series? Yeah, you know. Is it more than that? Without looking, it's at least four. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there they are sitting in the top five. Lost a game last night to uh, to Vanderbilt. Anything we need to know about tonight? Uh, well, something that Chris Lamonis told us on Monday that I, I was sort of expecting, but he, he confirmed it, and that's with State only using the, you know, the three starters plus Lee Belt last week, and you're going to see a lot of pitchers tonight. They're going to try to get... I would imagine at least five or six guys in the game. Maybe Keegan gives you a couple of innings. Then you're you're going to go to Brandon Smith. Does Jack Egan get an inning? Cole Gordon, you'll probably see him tonight. Colby uh, Colby White, you'll probably see him tonight. Tristan Barlow, you'll probably see him tonight. So State's going to want to get their arms out there and just keep everybody sharp uh, heading into the weekend. Mississippi State has won 20 of the last 25 against Memphis and 7 of the last 10. So obviously they've had the upper hand in that series. $2 tickets tonight. 
uh, fan-focused concession pricing, and if you get to the ball game early, you get a new dude lapel pin to commemorate the inaugural season at Duty Noble. After our last discussion, I thought you just said a new dude. It's like, no! <laughs> yeah, would you like to return to that discussion? I, no, it seemed to make you a little uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Sure as heck thought you said new dude lapel. No, the new dude. Aren't yeah. you glad in hindsight that new dude was not wearing a lapel pin though? Uh, that would have made not. things weird. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Results Moving last forward. night. In, results last night in the SEC. Florida beat South Florida seven to three. Tennessee nine to four over Austin P. Auburn goes down to the Blazers. UAB won at six to four last night. Kentucky beat Indiana five to two. Vanderbilt six to two over Louisville. Vanderbilt went to their like fourteenth arm, who just happened to be a lefty that throws it at ninety three, and he carved up uh, like four innings of that game late last night. Vandy gets another win, and how about this one? Louisiana Tech led seven to nothing and won twelve to one over LSU last night. Does that qualify as a Sunday hangover? I think LSU's just in a bad place pitching-wise. Just bottom line? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think they're kind of thin in the bullpen. I think they need Cole Henry back, which they is not even traveling to Arkansas. So he may not be back. I'm not, like, this is purely speculating. That's three weeks in a row. He's not even making the trip. Like That seems fairly serious. Elbow issue? Yeah, and they've said that it's like not a major deal, and yet here you are, what, three weeks in a row, and it's starting to feel like it's a little more major. Uh, LSU used one, two, three, four, five pitchers in the game last night. They were down two to nothing after the first, four to nothing after the third, gave up single runs in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, gave up a four spot in the eighth, and then a run in the ninth to lose 12 to one. 12 runs on 17 hits for Louisiana Tech. You've seen that La Tech team this year, right, Hey, Dad? Oh, no, no yeah, you see will them next, next week. week. Yeah. yeah. So that's got a chance to be a good win for State if they can get it. Yeah, uh, no question uh, about that. So uh, that's what happened last night in SEC baseball. The revival of a 1980s chart topper, courtesy of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll tell you about it next in the Renaissance Bank studio. Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. in St. Louis, Missouri today, and you're listening to 98.1 FM KYKY, you would be listening to this song right now. Right now. And you'd be listening to it again an hour from now and an hour after that and 33 minutes after that as well. Radio station 98.1 FM in St. Louis, 
played Gloria to celebrate the win last night, double overtime, Game 7, conference semifinals, and the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then they played it again and again and again. In fact, they're going to play it for 24 hours. The adult contemporary station put aside Maroon 5 and Taylor Swift for a tune that hit the top of the charts before any of the current Blues players were born. It was a vow that was made by the show Courtney and Company that if the Blues won this round, the show would go, the station would go full on Gloria for 24 hours. Why are we telling you this? Well, Gloria has become the stadium anthem post Blues win. The 1982 disco classic Gloria by Laura Branigan, which was a certified platinum smash, according to this story, (laughs) has become the home team's victory song. Hey, Dad, are you on board with Gloria? I watching the game last night. You know, I'm just I'm just sitting there watching the game. I'm not super into it because I don't have any emotional attachment. Then the Blues win, and I'm just you know piddling around on the computer, and, and, and it just perked my ears. I was like, am I hearing Laura Branigan? Where, where am I hearing? And then I realized that's what's happening. So I went to Twitter and just made an innocuous, that's their victory song? That's, you know, whatever. And it just sort of went from there for me. So it started earlier this year. The St. Louis Blues were in the basement, in the cellar, in the bottom of the standings. They started playing better. And I think this started as a joke of some sort, and then it kind of caught on. Yeah. The song has become synonymous with the Blues' turnaround this season, having gone from the basement of the conference to the conference championship round in just five months. According to defenseman Joel Edmondson, he told the Blues' website earlier this year, whenever we come back in the dressing room after a win, we're yelling, Play Gloria! Play Gloria! It started when a few players were in a bar in Philadelphia watching the NFC wildcard game between the Eagles and the Bears, and the DJ kept spinning Gloria during the commercial breaks. Edmondson says everyone would get up and start singing and dancing. We just sat back and watched it happen. Right there we decided we should play the song after our wins. We won the next game. We got a shout-out, so we just kept on playing it. The tradition has continued throughout the season, and now Blues fans have adopted it, and they all are calling their local radio stations, and they're saying, play Gloria, hence the FM pop station in St. Louis has gone on a 24-hour nothing-but-Gloria marathon. It's a good story, right? Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good eighties it's good eighties pop. By the way, Laura Brannigan passed away in two thousand four, the uh song's singer, the one that brought it to the uh, forefront of pop culture in the early nineteen eighties. Died in nineteen two thousand four due in, due to an undiagnosed ventricular brain aneurysm. Her mm. manager has thanked the blues through the singer's Twitter feed and supported the team. Wait. They've kept her official Twitter account going? There are some people who do that. 15 years after her death? Well, 15 years. I didn't know they had Twitter in 2004. I thought Twitter was invented in 2008. I guess they now, now, established her Twitter account. She was on Twitter before it was cool. There's before? a verified Twitter account, yeah. Well, no, I'm saying that this has got to be like 
like a, a, a page that was established uh, well after her death. When did she pass away? Oh, four. 2004. Four years before uh, yeah. Twitter became a thing. They would have to. I didn't. I thought I, I got it confused. I thought you were saying she died in 2008, but had. Yeah. The uh, Blues will face the winner of Game 7 between the San Jose Sharks and the Colorado Avalanche coming up. The station manager at the uh, FM station there in St. Louis said if the Blues make the Stanley Cup final, Y98 will not only play Gloria for 24 hours, her show might remain on the air for that entire stretch. How about that? All right, so it brings up a question. Go ahead. It's a Van Morrison song, as Hey Dad found out. <laughs> it is not a oh, Van Morrison song. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, so... <laughs> I, I got a question going forward. Sure. Maybe you can be thinking about this, and you can hit us up on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M-I-S-S. In all of sports, what's the best stadium anthem? There are certain songs that are synonymous with certain places or sometimes certain people. Or you can uh, text your uh, your vote to us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. So, hey, Dad. Mm-hmm. You're watching this last night. Right. right. You, you mentioned on the uh, Twitters.com that... You're hearing Laura Brannigan and Gloria. Yeah. And you were called to the Twitter carpet. Which is ridiculous. Tell so us. this guy, I'm not going to... Who, who was he? Who, put him, uh, on, no, put no, him on blast. You know, well, he blocked oh. me, so I'm not I'm not going to give him any pub. He I blocked will. me on the Twitter. Man's name is Coy. Well, of course it is. Yeah. So he, he comes at me sense. with... he and, and what it started with... One of our my compatriots on the MSU beat, Robbie Falk, just sort of innocuously, it's a good song. And it is a good song. So, And I didn't think anything of it. And then this guy says, well, that's actually a Van Morrison song, and it's been covered many times. And Rob and I are both like, no, that's not the same. This is not G-L-O-R-I-A, Gloria. It's not that. It's a different song called Gloria. And he refused to believe it. He believed that there well, would he's be. He deleted all of his tweets also. Oh, yeah, yeah. He blocked me and deleted all his tweets. That translates into, you were right, Brian. I just think it's too perfect. A guy named Coy Wait. pulling a well-actually based on how many CDs he owns. 12,800 tracks. How, 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 big, how much memory do you need on your phone for 12,800 iTunes tracks? I would think a lot. How many, how many, how many iTunes? How many songs do you have in your your See, iTunes? I don't do currently? iTunes. I do Spotify, so I don't know how this works. I've got both. Let's see. I, I don't even know how you can tell that songs. Is there a way to tell how many you've got? I don't know. Well, Will, this sounds like it's your neighborhood, right? Uh, I don't know, but I can tell you, I've got the entire Sirius XM library uh, because I was working with a consultant one time, and he left his hard drive for the. <laughs> Doing consulting work for Sirius XM, and he had the entire hard drive of music, 16 gigabytes worth, and I swiped it while he was at lunch. So that's every song from every station uh, on satellite radio? On satellite radio at the time, and this was 2012, something like that. Yeah, so, so you haven't missed some, out on You're anything. missing some Taylor Swift. You're missing some Miley yeah, Cyrus. Some newer stuff. You're missing some Florida Georgia Line. Okay. I wouldn't say missing. 
John from Hurley says G-L-O-R-I-A is by the Kinks. No, 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 no. Van Morrison, uh, or whatever his name was, he was in a band called, I can't remember the name of the band, The Zombies, I think was the name of it. And he was the lead singer, and that was the Gloria song. Okay. But not this Gloria song. No, it's not this Gloria song, no. Well, don't tell that guy that. Coy. So so Coy, Coy. came at you on Twitter with, what, what was it you told him, that he wasn't an expert? I didn't say that. That was a, my, my, that was old Robbie over there. He he, so he, Robbie he said something about his Gloria expertise was less than stellar. Yes, and his response was that he had twelve thousand eight hundred tracks on his iTunes, and he you know he knew a lot about copyright and trademark law and things of that Deck nature. Mate. Wait, didn't how, didn't he drop in how like do you a copyright little... a woman's name? By the way, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Didn't he drop in like a random in the middle of a tweet? Ha ha. I think so. Like, and like then, it would be if I was reading... So this tweet from Brian Haydad. You were arguing that a song, the title of which is a woman's name and was released in 1982, is in violation of copyright laws. It would be as if Haydad wrote, you were arguing that a song, ha ha, the title of which is a woman's name, yeah. ha ha, was released in ha ha 1982. Like he's Mickey Mouse. You know, like, ha, ha. Stop with the ha ha. Stop with the LOL. I'm going to listen to Gloria, huh? All right, so the question I, on the By table. the way, I have listened to this song like 25 times in the last 24 hours. It's in my, it's, the voice is in my head, Laura Branigan. It's very Best happy. stadium anthem in all the sports. Give me the team that it goes with, or the individual that goes with as well. Not just the one that you like from the Jock Jam CD that you've still got floating around on your desk somewhere. Sports Talk Mississippi, Renaissance Bank Studio, Renaissance Bank, understanding you. To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. Ceasefire text line, some of your favorite stadium anthems. Inner Sandman from Virginia Tech. Uh, Dan in Charleston says he likes Journey's Don't Stop Believing. He says he thinks he's heard it played at a state game. Once or twice. I've heard that. Uh, When the Saints go marching in, Tulane Stadium, late 60s, early 70s. You can get on board with that. John and Hurley with a good one. Michael Jordan era Chicago Bulls Alan Parsons ah, project. That's a good choice. That is a strong one. Randy in Oxford suggests Bear Down Chicago Bear. Not familiar with that one. Uh, here's a vote for Baby Shark. <laughs> LT says uh, Dixieland Delight in Bryant Denny. With the good words or the bad words? Uh, how about calling Baton Rouge at Tiger Stadium? That's a pretty good one. That one kind of makes the uh, hair on the 
back of your neck stand up just uh, just a little bit. Sports hey, Talk Mississippi. Quick, yeah. Real quick, Richard, before we, we get too far into it, because uh, we had somebody ask about it earlier, the MSU Ole Miss softball game has been postponed until Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, is because uh, you needed a P-Row to get from first to second base. You might need a boat. And as Borky yeah. would say, you might need a boat, too. Good job, hey, Dad. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic yesterday. <laughs> Easy to laugh at a guy when you can't, uh, not here to defend himself. That's not true. It's easy to laugh at him all the time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank Online. You can find them at mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. Why would you reach out to Mississippi Land Bank? Well, if you've got land financing or refinancing needs of any kind and you're in North Mississippi, they can help. Whether you're buying a piece of property for the farm, you know, you're expanding the size of the existing farm, or you're getting into farming for the very first time, buying equipment to maintain that property, you need um, crop loans, production loans, they can help with that. Or if you're building a house in the country, maybe uh, a little atypical financing. Well, Mississippi Land Bank has been financing land and all that goes with it for over 100 years at Mississippi Land Bank. They know the lay of the land. You can find a branch location in North Mississippi near you at mslandbank.com. Glad to have you along this afternoon. The C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Get an unbelievable offer on the new Google Pixel 3a now at C Spire. For a limited time, get a Pixel 3a on them with trade-in. Smarter tech, happier customers. Learn more at cspire.com. C Spire, customer inspired. All right, so, hey, Dad, the softball game, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, that was going to be played tonight because Mississippi State won 3-2 to two earlier today over Texas A&M, host of the SEC tournament in a play-in game, has now been pushed to tomorrow. Have they pushed all the games back or just that one? I'm looking for that right now. Um, okay. But I saw a tweet from, from Mississippi State that said they were going to have to push back. Yeah, Mississippi State, an NCAA regional team, playing for seeding at this point and trying to stay hot, is uh, 32 currently in the RPI. Ole Miss at number 17 in the RPI. Ole Miss with an opportunity to, uh, to potentially host a regional. They played in Starkville April 19th and 20th. Doubleheader on the 19th and the deciding game on the 20th. <clears throat> the most lopsided score in SEC softball this season came in game one. Ole Miss beat Mississippi State 21 to nothing. If Ron Polk were a softball coach, he would say about that's the softball. results of the day. Yeah, that's softball. Because 45 minutes later, Mississippi State turned around and beat Ole Miss six to nothing. Yeah. And then in the deciding game three of the series, much closer, Ole Miss got a win three to one in eight innings and won the series. So um, Ole Miss going into its final series of the year against Georgia had won or swept all six of their SEC series. They've won more SEC games in the regular season than they ever have in school history, but they got swept at Georgia to close out the regular season. Mississippi State got a sweep to close out the regular season. Who was it they beat last weekend? Well, no, they got, they got a sweep two weekends ago against Missouri at home, and then last weekend they took two of three from Florida uh, in okay. Gainesville. Gotcha, gotcha. 
So there you go. That's your uh, your softball news that's going on right now. But now you will have to wait until tomorrow uh, to see the fourth game of the year between Mississippi State and Ole Miss in softball. Weird night last night in Major League Baseball, particularly in Oakland, California. The Oakland Coliseum never ceases to give us stuff, things that don't work there. Nearly midnight... Oakland pitcher Mike Fires sat behind the dais trying to explain what happened on Tuesday night. Struggled with emotions and said this made no sense. A game that almost didn't happen. A big portion of the left field light bank at Oakland Coliseum didn't work. Both managers the Oakland A's general manager, the umpiring crew, met at home plate before the game trying to decide whether or not to play. Major League Baseball wanted the game to start by 9 o'clock West Coast time. They finally decided to play with the lights partially out at 8.45 on the West Coast last night. Yesterday was also a day where Chris Davis, Oakland Athletic Slugger, was celebrating his new contract. He just signed a new two-year $33.75 million deal. And he bought all of his teammates Nintendo Switches. How did he do that? Did he just have the boxes sitting out at the lockers of his teammates when they came into the uh, clubhouse? Nope. He brought in a couple of guys dressed as Mario and Luigi to hand out the gifts to his teammates. So it's kind of a weird day. Yeah, maybe they, like, has anyone tried to connect the two? They all plugged them in. Lights go out. Oh, you think it was a power surge? This place is kind of a dump. It is kind of a dump. So what was the end result? Red's got no hit. Mike Fires throws his second career no-hitter. Came into the game with a 6.81 ERA and threw the 300th no-hitter in Major League Baseball history. He says a lot of things just happened. It's just weird. You can't really write these things up. Baseball is definitely a weird game. I don't know. I'm a little kooky playing it. The catcher, Josh Fegley, said, I saw Mario and Luigi when I walked in. I saw the light tower not working. Mike throws a no-hitter, and I got covered with steak seasoning. What are they doing in Oakland? They're throwing no-hitters. Serving R.C. Cola. Two hours and 25 minutes. Mike Losing fires. a football team. Say what? Losing a football team. They they are also losing a football team. Um, pitch count looked like it might have been the biggest obstacle. 109 pitches after the seventh inning. Bob Melvin, the manager of the Oakland Athletics, told Fires that if he permitted anyone... Uh, if he if anyone reached base, he was coming out of the game. Bullpen was warming up the entire time in the final two innings. Melvin says, I broke every rule in the book. It was no fun for me once he got 120 pitches. I promise you that, but he deserved it. You okay with a big league manager leaving his dude in to throw 130 pitches in search of a no-hitter? I am. I mean, this isn't college where... You know, you're going to have kids don't want to tell their manager no or take their color coach, whatever. This is pro baseball. 
And if if the pitcher out there is concerned about himself, he, he he's going to speak up. I think even in a no hitter because you don't want to risk your career for something like that. So yeah, I don't I don't have an issue with that. These are grown men, and then they they, they can make those kind of decisions. You want a little no hitter information? Sure. Three hundred all time no hitters in the big leagues. Of those three hundred, eighty of the 300 no-hitters, 27% of the no-hitters have come from just 35 pitchers. Yeah. 20 of the no-hitters have come from just five pitchers, 7% of all no-hitters uh, that have ever uh, ever been thrown. Nolan Ryan's got the most all-time, seven no-hitters for the ageless one, Nolan Ryan. Had a, a friend of Nolan Ryan's text me last week when we were talking about him a little bit. Said he was still throwing in the low nineties in his late fifties. <sighs> late fifties, low nineties with the old fastball. Four no hitters for Sandy Koufax. Had a couple of guys with uh, with three no hitters and then a whole bunch with two, including now Mike Fires of the Oakland Athletics. And Rippy's favorite, Homer Bailey. Two of them with the Cincinnati Red Stockings. Yeah. Or the Reds. Yeah, the second one, uh, probably a little more unlikely than the first. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. More coming up. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. So Nolan Ryan with seven no hitters, Sandy Koufax with four, Bob Feller with three, Cy Young had three. Larry Corcoran had a nice run in the early 80s. He had one in 80, one in 82, and one in 84. You don't know that name? Don't recognize it? It's because it was the 1880s. 1880, 1882, and 1884. Larry Corcoran with three career no-hitters. Tim Lincecum had a couple. You remember those, hey, Dad? I sure do. Back-to-back years, 2013 and 2014. First no-hitter of the season this year. Justin Verlander with a couple. Roy Halladay. Randy Johnson had two, including a perfect game. Mark Burley threw the uh, perfect game for the White Sox back in 2009. Um, David Cohn had a perfect game, right, for the Yankees? Was it David Cohn or David Wells that had the perfect game? I thought Cohn had a no-hitter. I don't know. A man named uh, Noodles Hahn for the Reds in 1900 threw a 10-inning no-hitter. 10-inning no-hitter. What about Old Radburn, one of my favorite Twitter follows? Did he did he, no 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 hitters for him? Any idea on the number of pitches for uh, Noodle? They did not do pitch count in 1900, so there is not one at least listed for Noodles. Yeah, he probably arm good. Never mind, I can't even make that joke. Uh, just kind of sticking with the Major League Baseball stuff for uh, for a couple of minutes. I, I'm curious. Uh, hey, Dad, you, you certainly can join in, Rippy. I, I guess I'm kind of leaning on you here. Best storylines of the uh, of the Major League season so far. Right now, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays leading the East. They're two games in front of the Yankees. 
Red Sox are making a charge. They're now one game below 500 at 18 and 19. The top three teams in that division have all won seven of their last ten. Twins leading the American League Central. They're four games in front of Cleveland. Astros have a three-game lead on the Mariners out west in the American League. In the National League, the Fighting Phillies with a three-game lead over the Braves, who are dead even at 18 and 18. Mets are four games out of first place. Cubs, red hot. They won eight of their last ten. They are now tied atop the NL Central with the Milwaukee Brewers, Michael Borky's newly adopted team. Cardinals are just one back at 21 and 16. And, hey, who's that leading the um, National League West? Um, what is that blue and white look? Oh, oh, that's the Dodgers. They're 24 and 14. Hey, man, and, uh, the Giants are much better than I thought they would be this year. That is, that, in fairness, yes. Yes. The uh, San Francisco Giants, 16 and 20, four games below 500, only seven games out of first. Hey. Only six back in the loss column. I'm going to turn around any day now. Uh, yeah, probably not. Probably the story so far was the Mariners, but I'd probably lean to the D backs now. They lost A.J. Pollock, Patrick Corbin. Paul Goldschmidt, still competitive. 20-13 and 13 at one point. They lost three in a row, so I might jinx them. But then I have no idea what to make of the Central or the East in the National League. It's the best division in baseball. Oof. All right, you want to, all right so I'm probably going to go the National League Central because the Cubs have figured it out. The Brewers are the Brewers. The Cardinals are much better. And you got a wild stat. The Reds are last place at 15 and 21, have a plus 21 run differential in last place. Wow. And the Uh, Pirates aren't bad in that division. No, they've been bad for the last couple weeks, but they got off to a good start. But I don't think I've ever seen that before. So the last place teams in Major League Baseball right now, Baltimore minus 68, Royals minus 3, Oakland minus 5. You get the point. Minus 18. Minus Marlins 75. are minus seventy-five, and the Reds are plus twenty-one with a last place. <laughs> Marlins may lose one hundred and twenty games this year. I think so too. Everyone's talking about whether the Orioles would win fifty games. I think you should look at the uh, the uh, Marlins. Maybe they should get relegated to AAA. Are the Philadelphia Phillies going to run away with the NL East? No, pitching's too good elsewhere. It'll be a three-four horse race the whole way. Someone's going to fall off right Okay, now. it's not going to be a four-horse race. You've got to give up on this Nationals thing. They're 14-22. and 22. You watch. When they start hitting, they'll be all right. When are they going to start hitting? In I mean, August? I mean, you're talking about it's May 9th. When they're 39 games out of first? They're six right now, in the, seven in the loss column right now. I'm telling you, I would bet on the Braves or Mets faltering off before the Nationals do. The Nationals have already faltered off. You can come fourteen and twenty two is nothing. You gotta get to at least the quarter mark. They're kind of closing in on it. They are, but like you win four in a row, you're eighteen and twenty two at the quarter. It's far from out of it. Yeah, I'm just hey dad, hey, dad. How long? How long is he gonna ride this losing horse? I guess Probably a while. I guess he could hope for like a country house development. Do you want to know what I think the biggest storyline is? You'll like it. It's, it it's the Red Sox being terrible. They're not good. I mean, they, they're playing better now, but 
Yeah, they've been better the last three weeks. It's a but, classic example on the other end of it, though. They were really bad. They're going to be fine. But you're telling me a rotation with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbett is going to be in last place the entire time. Not last place, but not counting the Marlins. I don't buy They don't it. hit. Yeah, but see, that can come. Like, the Reds didn't hit until a week ago. And they still somehow have a plus 21 run differential. Got to let it play out. There's in, If they're eight or nine under by June, I'll give up on it. Without this sounding like, oh, Richard's a Yankees fan, let's talk about the Yankees. The fact that they're 21 and 14, have won seven of 10, and are only two games back in the loss column to, to the division leader, given the fact that they had an entire starting lineup at one point that was on the disabled list, it's fairly impressive, right? Yeah, that's what I would be worried about if I were Tampa, is that you haven't really built up much of a cushion at all. On either New York or Boston. Well, they're seven ahead of Boston, but that's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. We hadn't really like separated yourself from New York at all, and then they're about to get healthy. That'll be a race till the end, though. That'll be kind of fascinating to watch. Is there a scenario where all of the injuries for the Yankees turn out to be a blessing in disguise? I mean, you, you would have loved to have raced out of the gates and have everybody healthy and everybody swinging and you build up a 10-game lead early and you, you kind of cruise in that spot. But having basically seven of your starters not play the first 40 games of the season, I mean, it's a long season. It's a long grind. It's a little less wear on the tires, right? Yeah, you could certainly look at it that way, but... It's always like I'm not saying they're going to be worse when those guys get back, but it's also sometimes hard when you're playing well and the guys are out for a long time to incorporate them back in. Like there's an adjustment period there. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be hard to incorporate John Carlos Stanton or Aaron Judge. No, of course not. But there's certainly like an adjustment period to go in the lineup. Long term, they're obviously going to be better. But like I don't, I mean, maybe a blessing in disguise. But I think if anything, just they're probably pretty happy to get them back. Well, and you get to the point where you got to cut down the roster, get your playoff roster. You got a bunch of guys that have played. Yeah, that's true. Makes September call-ups and roster cutting in September more interesting. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. Glad to have you along. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, Will East in today for Michael Borky. A couple of things we want to remind you out. Be sure to join the JT Show live at Carter Jewelers on Friday from 10 until 1 Great Mother's Day savings. That's the JT Show at Carter Jewelers on High Street in Jackson coming up on Friday. Uh, that was your public service announcement. I hope you were paying attention. Sunday, Mother's Day. Yes, there's going to be baseball, maybe, with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Don't get wrapped up and forget to take care of whatever it is you need to take care of for Mother's Day in advance of uh, that day actually rolling around. Did you know that Mother's Day was Sunday, Rippy? I did. You already taking care of your uh, business? In the process. There you go. Hey, Dad, you knew it was Sunday, or did that yep. public service announcement help you? I knew that it was Sunday, and my business is already taken care of. Oh, yeah? What'd you do? I got uh, went to the salon and got some pedicures lined up and uh, got a card. And That is a man that is quite confident that his wife is not listening to the radio show as we speak. She already knows. My wife is oh, not really? one for surprises. I, I, I get I get approval and everything ahead of time. Like, you want this? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, sounds good. Really? Yeah. Very rarely. If I surprise her, I've, I've, I've pulled something off. 
So do you like it like that so that you know whatever you do is going to be well-received, uh, or would you rather be in the surprise business? I like the, the occasion. I would rather do a surprise party than a surprise gift because who doesn't like a party? But the gift, you could go wrong. Yeah, Mother's Day doesn't really seem like the right time to just throw a no, party. No, no, though, no. Does it? No, we're not throwing a party, but, you know, you see what I'm getting at. Will, have you done what you need to do? I got the text drafted and ready to send. <laughs> the t- what? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, nothing says Happy Mother's Day like a text from the boy. It's just Mom, HMD, too. That's all I said, <laughs> HMD. <laughs> I promise I thought about this in advance, Mom. HMD with three exclamation marks, mind you. And an emoji. Wait, which one? Is it the one where, where you're, you're the blow a kiss emoji? Is that the one you put with it? <laughs> <laughs> or just a thumbs up? <laughs> the yellow thumbs up. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the uh, the Renaissance Bank studio. John Daly, big John Daly, but news about him for the upcoming PGA Championship. Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon. John Daly is one of the most interesting guys in sports, I think. Uh, I mean, he has been plagued with off-the-course issues. Some people say that makes him a hero, makes him every man. Some people feel sorry for him. But he's pretty candid, and he's pretty honest, and it sure was fun to watch him hit a golf ball when he was rocking it. In the uh, what from the early '90s through the mid 2000s, there was a lot of crash and burn though that you saw with uh, John Daly. 1991 PGA Championship at Crooked Stick, he is the ninth alternate going into the week. Ends up qual- ends up making the field, and then ends up winning the golf tournament. Would go on to win a second major at the Open Championship. Grip it and rip it, Big John Daly. Well, John's not getting around so well these days. He has arthritis in his right knee and says that he's only able to walk about six holes at a time. He says after being approved by the PGA to use a cart in the PGA Championship, I hope I don't get a lot of grief from the fans. My knee's screwed. I had the meniscus cut out. I have osteoarthritis so bad. I can walk up a hill. I just can't walk down one. John Daly will be the first player to ride in a cart in a major championship since Casey Martin did it, the U.S. Open at the Olympic Club in 1998 and then again in 2012. And he has an actual, that's Oregon's head golf coach, he has an actual like leg defect. Yes, like no blood circulation in his right leg. He can't walk. And I remember there's there's a lot legs. of controversy about him he, uh, getting he that, the, that. He sued the PGA Tour at one point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no shade for John Daly, although he probably won't need it in suburban New York 
um, at Bethpage Black. He will be riding in a golf cart with no roof. They're trying to make it as unobtrusive as possible. Um, Can you imagine if your job was to drive daily around for his entire round? That'd be pretty sweet. He's got to drive himself. He doesn't get a driver. Oh. That shouldn't help with the arthritis. Pedal to the metal. You think that's an issue for him? I don't know. Um, the question now is whether or not he's actually going to make it to the PGA Championship. Daily tied for 27th last week in Houston at the Insperity Invitational. Invitational. Withdrew from the region's tradition in Birmingham this week, the first senior major of the year because of an illness. Said he was suffering dizzy spells during the drive toward Alabama. Remember, John Daly rarely flies. Or drinks water. <laughs> Here's what he said. Massive dizzy spells, and I'm diabetic now. I was driving the bus from Houston, trying to make it to Birmingham, and pulled off the road six times. He says he made it to Philadelphia, Mississippi, and was playing the slot machines. The whole thing stinks, Daly said. Florida sends me a handicap sticker when I'm there. It's embarrassing, but I can't walk more than six holes before the whole knee swells up, and then I can't go anymore. The best part about it is, is like not once through all of this is he considered, you know, dieting, getting in better health, drinking water, not the ice in the Diet Coke. Like, not once. It's just like, yeah, this sucks. Well, well it's here's possible what I that he's get. considered it. No, I mean, don't you have to reach a point where it's like, hey, you can't play this sport anymore? Like, do we tell Tom Brady at 50, you know, hey, I, I got a bad back, they can't sack me? Mm. I mean, it's just yeah, no. where, like, your, I mean, your body like is a... breaking down, John. Call it a day. But do you have an issue with him getting to ride in a cart? Uh, a little. A little, I want uh, you know, it didn't, Casey Martin didn't bother me. He has a legitimate uh, deficiency, handicap, call it what you want. Um, this is just, I'm fattening out, I mean, I'm fattening out of shape. Yeah. So, like, so you no, think I, his I arthritis is like, a, a function of being, in your words, fattening out of shape? You can't register. Like, like to me, the like there's a difference between Casey Martin and then registering because, like, years of booze and cigs. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. This that you know, he's this is a lot of this is stuff he's done to himself. I'm not shaming the guy's lifestyle, but like, come on. Except you kind of are. No, I no, I'm not at all. But like, like, I, does that mean he? I, like, because of that, I think he should get a cart. I mean, I don't have a huge problem with it. Don't get me wrong, but it seems a little suspect. It's not like the guy can win. He can't win the PGA Championship. What I bet they said that in 1991. Um, sticking with the miles on the tires. Well, you're right, you're right. The Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed says the best part of Daly's book is, he said his daily diet is Diet Coke, Big Mac, and Marlboro Lights. Well, there's this, Are we supposed to believe that he's not drinking anymore? There's a... Well, actually, I, I don't know about that. But there's literally a scene in that 30 for 30 where he's out back grilling and he has a Diet Coke. And, like, what, like his wife, girlfriend, maybe it was his kid, was like, hey, do you want a water? And he says, no, I don't drink water. I got enough water in the ice in this Diet Coke. Like, come on, man. Uh, 
So Casey Martin, who was a teammate of Tiger Woods at Stanford, has that serious issue. He, uh, in the 1998 U.S. Open, had a single rider cart when he qualified for the U.S. Open. Tied for 23rd that year. He also successfully sued the PGA Tour in a case that went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. He's the golf coach at Oregon. He qualified for the U.S. Open in 2012 when it was at Olympic Club and missed the cut that year. Pretty impressive that, what, 14 years later, he qualified for another U.S. Open. A good player. Yeah, qualifying for U.S. Open is not easy because I don't know if at that point, I don't know what his status is, but you have to go to locals and then sectionals. That's pretty tough to do. I don't know if he got to skip straight to sectionals. I don't know what his like status was. Last time Daly played a tournament without a cart, the Omega European Masters in Switzerland on the European Tour last September. Tried to get a cart for the U.S. Senior Open last year in Colorado, and the USGA turned him down. Said the information that he submitted with his request did not support a waiver to ride, and that Daly chose not to provide additional information to support his request. This time he, he turned in the proper information. What do you think he included in his request to the USGA? Picture of him and his boxers with like a big swollen knee. Like, look at it. So the last time he didn't walk was in Switzerland. Yeah, last September. What do you think a night out with Daly in Switzerland's like? You could write a book on that <laughs> itself, probably. I've got some buddies who have spent a fair amount of time from him in Arkansas. A night out in Little Rock with John Daly, at least once upon a time. Apparently was quite the uh, adventure. Yeah, he had the incident in Deerfield in Madison. Yeah, what were the details on that? He was playing like in a pro-am or something? Collapsed lung, I believe. A collapsed lung? So I believe that's what was cited. I could be wrong about that. Was it was it like a member guest or a pro-am or what was it? I'll look it up. 601-879-4395, the number for the C Spire text line. Tim from Tunica says, last time you saw Daly was in Tunica, or last time maybe you saw him, Tim, said he ate like three barbecue sandwiches and had about six beers. Hal in Columbus says, y'all don't judge. And nobody judging here, Hal. Uh, I'm just kind of talking it. about it a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, air quotes, collapsed lung. Um, Louis suggests that we need Rippy and Haydad policing the handicapped scooter usage at Walmart. I gotta be honest with you, you know, as a big guy, when I see people who I know there's nothing wrong with them, but they're big, using the scooter drives me crazy. We could have a promo video of Hey Dad driving me around in the basket. <laughs> you can have one piece of candy, Rippy. That's it. Norwood uh, suggests that John Daly may have gotten run over by a golf cart at some, or by a car last year. Did that happen? Wait, what? Did Daly get hit by a car last year? Well, if he got hit by a car, I'm not sure why he's not including that in the paperwork, because he'd probably be better suited to citing, you know, I got hit by an automobile than arthritis. A car Greg. hit his RV while it was parked outside of a Hooters. Hooters. In Augusta. Greg and Nettleton says that today is a very Mari Povich day. He says, geez, it's too bad, so sad, John. Where's Bill Bender or Tire Kicker when we need them? 
think that would be Russ Mitchell that you're referring to. Greg, if you don't like the show today, it's my fault, honestly. Michael Borky does a remarkable job putting together the rundown on a daily basis. That responsibility fell to me today. I just kind of found some stories that I thought were fun. Sorry, we're not having fun with you, Greg. Way to go, Richard. Come on, man. It's just a fun Wednesday. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> Keep it rolling. Jason on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed. Nobody sees the hypocrisy here. Dude wants a cart to get around a golf course. How many people are just too lazy to walk around the country club as it is? Why do we care? Are we watching anyway? I'm not. If it ain't Tiger Woods, I don't care. Brad says, I've always been fascinated with Daly. You mentioned alcohol in his book. He noted he still drinks beer, just no liquor. As for the book, it's exactly as you would guess. Nothing would surprise you. Followed him in Memphis years ago. He's got an incredible swing. Yeah, he can still wrap it around and smoke it. Jason says he loves the show today. Likes it when we're goofing off as opposed to the monotone dropping of hot takes or brown-nosing homerisms in the first 12 minutes then defending their absurdity for two hours. No brown-nosing, just nude pizza. If you missed the beginning of today's show, should we recreate it or should we just encourage people to go back and listen to the podcast? Yeah, make sure you put the podcast up and we'll, uh, we'll just go listen to it there. It's great. Hey, um, Greg and Nettleton. I got a story that is specifically for you. And by the way, Greg says he's all about fun, Richard. When it's fun to others, not just the three of us. Is he, though? <laughs> um, you're going to love this, Greg. There is a new royal baby. Meghan and Prince Harry have uh, hatched their egg, and they've given him a name. <laughs> what are you laughing at, hey, Dad? I'm just th- what? Hatch the egg? Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. Hyphenated last name, by the way. Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. It, it did cause me to go on a bit of a Google... I, that's all I care about that, whatever. Uh, it, it did cause me to go on a bit of a Google search to see what the top baby names of 2019 were, if Archie was one of them. Do you think Archie, after the royal baby name becomes public, will end up as one of the top 10 or 15 baby names of 2019? Probably. Or 2020? Probably so. <laughs> Here you go. Top baby names of 2019 on the girls' side. Posey is number one, then Isla, Olivia, Aurora. 
I don't even know how you say this one. Maeve? M-A-E-V-E? It's mauve. It's a color. Isn't it? Isn't supposed that's to be mauve. M-A-U-V-E. Yeah, right. That's what I, I don't think that's a real name. Do people with generic names feel like they're endangered now? Like, whatever happened, just like Fred. Cora, Amara, Ada, Amelia, and Charlotte. Bill, Seth, Bob. <laughs> yeah, when's the last time you met a kid named Bob? Exactly, or Fred. I know one Bob. One Bob is all I know. What about a I Bill? I know a bunch of Robbies and Robs and Roberts, but nobody goes by Bob except my bestest friend in the world, Bob. Hey, person. top boy names. Jim. Top boy names 2019. Milo? No, it's not. That's not. that. That's fake. Fake news. Fake news. That According fake. to Nameberry, Nobody's Milo, Milo is Milo the top is baby tea. boy name of 2019, followed by Jasper. Nope. Atticus. These are what? top Ole Miss frat boy names. <laughs> These are not real names. Theodore, Asher, Silas, Jack, Jack. Finn, All right. There we go. Jack. Henry and Felix. Nope. Jack's back in a big way. Felix? Felix? Ash? Silas? Silas? Like Silas Marner? I don't know where they get their, their information because names.org has an altogether different list. On the girls' side, they give you Emma, Ava, Olivia, Isabella, Amelia, Mia, Evelyn, Charlotte, Sophia, and Harper. Is Gloria the boy- there? Because they're going to owe Van Morrison money if they did name their kid after that. Gloria. Gloria. Text message, ceasefire text line, Asher is my eight-month-old boy's name. On the boy's side, from names.org, Liam, Noah, Logan, James. These are better names. Oliver, Elijah, Benjamin, William, Lucas, and Mason. That seems a little more on par. I like the name Barry list better. the Tallahassee Regional last year. Yeah, I like the name Barry list a, uh, a little bit better. Hey, college football fix is just around the corner. We will uh, dive into something. I, I think this will be fun. Uh, I say fun. I don't know if it will be fun or not. I I don't care. Whatever. It's fun. It's not fun. you got to stop second-guessing yourself. It's college football. We're going to look at the best and worst non-conference schedules for SEC teams. Generally speaking, they're pretty bad. But you got some sneaky good ones that are in there, and then some that are just really good. We'll look at all 14 teams in the SEC, the non-conference games. Brewer suggests that Leroy is a name that should make a comeback. I'm down. I get behind that. I don't see many Obies out there. I went to Obies recently. Right, we're talking about the we're talking about my son, not the uh, not the restaurant. I like po' boys. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Well, goodbye, little girl. I ain't got no more to say. Well, you know, I know you don't love me. Go ahead and have your way. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports 
Talk Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky's out today. Got Will East in the studio for him. Brian Haydad and Brian Scott Rippey. Glad to have you along. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favrates.com. You go to that website, type in fave, F-A-V-E, rates.com, and you uh, you hit click or enter or return on your keyboard. And then all you got to do is type in your zip code, three eight, what whatever it is where you live. Maybe it's 38024 or whatever it is, 39211 if you're in the Jackson area, um, parts of Jackson. I digress. You'll get a, an opportunity to get a quote on auto insurance, property insurance, or you can combine the two and save. Really cool thing about Mississippi Farm Bureau. There are a lot of cool things. One is the opportunity to save money. But to me, the biggest thing about Mississippi Farm Bureau is the people that you're dealing with. You're dealing with local agents, regardless of which of the 82 counties in Mississippi you live in. You're dealing with somebody that maybe you go to church with, or maybe you go to, uh, uh, the ballpark and you see on a, a Tuesday night or you bump into at the grocery store or you play in an adult softball league with or you hunt with on the weekends. They're people just like you. They just happen to work in the insurance business and with a great Mississippi company that can help you with all your needs, Mississippi Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I think it's going to be fun to jump in and take a look at the uh, the non-conference schedules for everybody this year in the SEC. That, right now, is our college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. At Ford, they take pride in what they built. That's build. That's not what you find everywhere, every day. Uh, it shows, though, when you've got the best-selling truck for 42 consecutive years, you know they're proud of what they've got going. Test drive a Ford F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Let's start with the Mississippi teams and then spread out from there. Uh, Mississippi State will open its season with three consecutive non-conference games, and then they will mix in one prior to the Egg Bowl. And that's a little bit different this year, hey, Dad. It feels like normally you get that stretch at the end of the season, Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss. This year, the last five weeks of the season for Mississippi State, Arkansas on the road, open date, Alabama, and then Abilene, and then they'll close out with the Egg Bowl at home this year. Yeah, it's been Arkansas most years. It was Vanderbilt in 2014 before the Egg Bowl, but this is the first time. I'm I'm, I'm 99% sure about this net, this number, but uh, since 1947, that state will play a non-conference game before the Egg Bowl, and that that year it was since USA. when? 47. Wow. Ole Miss has a bye week heading into the Egg Bowl. Yeah, they they absolutely do. A little bit different schedule set up this year when you've got two open dates throughout the course of the season because the opening Saturday of the season is in August, August 31st. Mississippi State opens the year against Louisiana Lafayette in the Superdome in New Orleans. Then they come back home for Week 2 against Southern Miss. Then it's Kansas State in Week 3. Do you like the setup, hey, Dad, of going three straight non-conference to start the year and then basically you switch over into conference for the rest of the way? Worked really well in 2014. You sort of got almost like a preseason kind of feel to it. 
um, where they were able to work out a lot of kinks, and then their first road, their first conference game was a road trip to Tiger Stadium. Uh, this year, it'll be a home game against Kentucky, which will be a you know bit of a revenge game for Mississippi State. They want to get back on top in that series. So yeah, I mean, I, I like it. You know, you get off to a good start. You should be three and zero when Kentucky comes to Starkville. Lafayette, USM, Kansas State, and Abilene. What kind of a grade would you give Mississippi State for those four non-conference games? Uh, it's, it's it's probably a low C if I had to guess. I mean, Kansas State is a, is a pretty you know year in year out. Uh, they're a bowl contender. USM is one of the better teams in conference USA, uh, but Lafayette is is a what a mid tier to lower tier Sun Belt team, and then you got an FCS team. There's nothing really you know sexy about any of those matchups. No, no, nothing too sexy, but. You know, ultimately, you want to schedule four wins. I mean, you, you can talk about playing oh, yeah. great opponents, but when you get to the end of the year, playing great opponents in non-conference games, if you're not an absolute power, can right. sometimes come back to bite you. You, you want to Ole play is not. big-time opponents when you're playing for the national title. If you're playing for bowl games, you're, you're scheduling for wins. Ole Miss is non-conference slate. What do you think of this, Rippy? At Memphis in the season opener on August 31st, Southeastern Louisiana in week three. Sandwiched between those two games, you got Arkansas. Week four is the return trip from Cal. So Cal coming from Berkeley on September the 21st. And then you scoot over to uh, late part of the year, New Mexico State on November 9th. So Ole Miss is four non-conference games. Memphis, Southeastern Louisiana, Cal out of the Pac-12, and New Mexico State. B, give it a B. I mean, it's three FBS schools. Yeah. yeah. How would you grade that, boy? Uh, hey, Dad. I mean, it's it's good. B B sounds about right. That I mean, that is a tough opener for Ole Miss. You're playing a team that is going to make it that game their Super Bowl. A good team that can they can move the football even without Daryl Henderson next year. And the, I mean that 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 stadium's going to be a hornet's nest. You know, M- M- Memphis fans will show up for that one. That that is a tough opener for Ole Miss. Yeah, and a game where typically there are a bunch of Ole Miss fans there as well. Not that Ole Miss fans necessarily love going to the Liberty Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. Some quite the opposite, like abhor going to the Liberty Bowl. What's not to love? But it is, it's better than it used to be. A lot better than it used to be. At least around the stadium. It's it's no State opens the season in New Orleans. State opens the season in New Orleans, Memphis, and Ole Miss opens the season in Memphis. That's sort of a, you know, it's like a, a nod to the '80s almost. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll go advantage um, Bulldogs. In terms State has a of, series coming up in a couple of years where they're playing Tulane at Tulane's new on-campus stadium. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned Memphis losing some pieces from a, a year ago. It was Daryl Henderson. Who was the leading rusher? He had 1,909 yards and 22 touchdowns a season ago. And didn't they lose their leading receiver as well? No, it was two years ago where they uh, lost that guy. Um, Memphis was bad defensively a year ago. Rest of the um, the non-conference slate for some of the other teams uh, in the SEC. See if any of these jump out at you. Uh, Alabama opens with Duke. Then they've got New Mexico State in Week 2. They play Southern Miss in Week 4 and Western Carolina in Week 13. Normally Alabama gets a bump because of who they play in the season opener, but normally that team is not Duke, with no disrespect intended for the 
David Cutcliffe-led Duke Blue Devils, that's not the same as playing Southern Cal or Michigan or Oregon or whatever else. They've sort of gotten you know the short end of the stick the past couple of years because you schedule Florida State in a year where they're a top, they're a preseason top five team and they fall apart. And then last year you have Louisville and you schedule them. You know, is Lamar Jackson still going to be there? They've been this really good team for the past three or four years and then they fall apart. So maybe Alabama just said, let's just go straight to the mid-tier for this one. Arkansas plays Portland State, Colorado State, San Jose State, and Western Kentucky. God. That's an F, but Colorado State did beat them last year. Yeah, they did. Um, The other three non-conference games were the wins for Arkansas, and Arkansas gets a pass on not playing a Division I team. I'm sorry, an F. A Power 5 team. Because they lose a home game? No, they get a pass on it because their deal with Michigan fell through. This was year two of the home-and-home with Michigan, and they just kind of had to scramble and get what they could get, which I guess is why they've got Portland State, Colorado State, San Jose State, and Western Kentucky. Why'd that fall through? Uh, Michigan bailed on it. Michigan picked up Vanderbilt, didn't they? Isn't that what it was? Uh, That may be the case. I don't know. I don't know who to pick them. Yeah, Vanderbilt does not have Michigan on the schedule this year. Auburn has Oregon, Tulane, Kent State, and Samford. Other than Oregon, you got nothing there. I think Florida gets a pass on playing UT Martin and Towson State because they book in their season with Miami and Florida State. That's a solid B. You don't. So they don't get an A because they go so far down with the other two. Yeah, the other two are, are, are rough. Yeah, if it means you play eight SEC games and Miami and Florida State, well, they I'll play eight. A. They play SEC East games. They play Vanderbilt, Missouri, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Crossover this year for Florida on the Western Division side. They've got Auburn and LSU. It's not an easy slate this year for uh, for Florida. Georgia has Murray State and Arkansas State. Those don't help you much in the grading scale, but they also host Notre Dame and go to Georgia Tech. You giving that a B also? That's an A. Georgia bringing in Notre Dame is nice. Toledo, Eastern Michigan, UT Martin, and Louisville for Kentucky. It's a D minus, isn't it? Yeah. We'll look at the rest of these coming up when we continue. Also, D1 Baseball has got their regional projections out. These are getting a little more interesting as we get late in the year. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Wednesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, just after 5.20. Richard Cross, Brian Scott, Rippy, Will East with you for the rest of the way. Haydad has split. He's headed to the ballpark. Mississippi State and Memphis coming up tonight from Duty Noble. Next to last non-conference game of the year 
for Mississippi State. They will host Louisiana Tech on Tuesday night last week or next week. Uh, no midweek action for Ole Miss this week as uh, finals are going on and uh, in Oxford right now. Uh, Mississippi State coming to town this weekend. The weather forecast does not look great. We talked about that uh, a little bit earlier this afternoon. Continue walking through some of these uh, non-conference schedules for some of the teams in the SEC. LSU opens with Georgia Southern. They go to Texas in Week 2. They've got Northwestern State in Week 3 and then Utah State in Week 4. The Texas game on the road is really sexy. The other three, meh, not so much. Missouri has Wyoming on the road, West Virginia at home, southeastern Missouri State, and Troy. It's fairly solid for Missouri, right? Yeah. I'd give that a B plus. Road game to Wyoming, West Virginia at home, and SEMO and Troy. South Carolina has North Carolina in the season opener, playing that one in Charlotte. They'll play Charleston in Week 2. Appalachian State toward the end of the season, and they close it out with Clemson. I think that's an A, an A, just a good solid A for South Carolina. North Carolina, Clemson, Appalachian State, and Charleston. There's only one gimme out of that three, isn't there? Charleston. Yeah. Tennessee opens with Georgia State. They play BYU in Week 2. They play Chattanooga in Week 3. And they've got UAB in early November. For Texas A&M, it's Texas State early in the season opener. At Clemson in Week 2. Lamar in Week 3. And San Antonio. So not great outside of a trip going to Clemson. And for Vanderbilt, they've got a game against Purdue on the road in Week 2. Open date after that, then North uh, Northern Illinois in Week 5, UNLV, and East Tennessee State. So, okay. J- just okay for Vanderbilt in the, uh, the non-conference games. Would you rather go to Clemson to see Texas A&M? If I was paying for the trip for you, you just get to go have a fun college football weekend. Would you go to Clemson to watch their game against A&M in Week 2? Or would you go to Austin to watch Texas and LSU in Week 2? Clemson. Would you? Yeah. Why? Better game. You think? More compelling. Like, I kind of, like, I don't know. I feel like I know sort of what LSU is going to be. Know more of what Texas is going to be. Like, the whole what Jimbo Fisher does in year two. Like, that's a really big chance. Who do you Who do you think wins those two games? I mean, obviously, you think Clemson wins against A&M, right? At home? Yeah, no, I'd go Clemson and probably LSU. What about you, Will? Would you go to Austin for that LSU-Texas game, or would you go to Clemson for A&M and Clemson? Clemson, Texas, A&M. I I couldn't deal with the LSU-Texas fans. Just, that would be miserable. Okay. I think I'd pick Austin. What? If you're talking like cooler place to go, like town wise. No, if you just told me which of those two games. I mean, I want to go to a game at Clemson. Absolutely. Here's a question for you. And maybe because of proximity, this is an easy answer. But I don't. I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk. Which of those two teams is going to take more road fans? LSU to Austin or A and M to Clemson? I'll give LSU the benefit of the doubt with proximity. 
I bet LSU or A and M takes a running ton of people to Clemson though. I don't doubt that, but like you're probably flying, right? Either that or jumping in the motorhome. I don't think that's where you're just jumping in the Honda Accord and heading to Clemson, South Carolina. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, D1 Baseball has got their new regional projections out. A little bit of a change from what we saw a week ago. Number one overall seed, UCLA, hosting in Los Angeles, paired up with LSU as the number 16 seed. LSU, Baylor, Florida State, and Southern in the Baton Rouge Regional. Number two national seed, Vanderbilt, paired up with Miami. You got Missouri going to the Miami Regional. Um, let's see, there were no, you, you had an LSU as a host, no SEC team at UCLA. Arkansas is the number three national seed. Boy, pretty favorable also. Creighton is the two, Sam Houston State is the three, and Canisius is the four. Paired up with Oregon State. Uh, UC Santa Barbara as the two in Corvallis. Texas State and Bryant. Boy, that'd be a little little theater, wouldn't it? Two teams that played for a national championship a year ago meeting in the Super Regional Round in Fayetteville. That would be pretty cool. Mrs. You would probably give the upper edge to Arkansas there. Like you yeah. don't lose that twice, right? Uh, you would you would think. And, and Oregon State's not last year's Oregon State team. Like not even close. They're good, but they're not as good. Yeah, no, that team was they got swept at home by Oklahoma State this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Number four national seed, Mississippi State, with Dallas Baptist as the two, Clemson as the three, and Jacksonville State as the four. That's a very winnable regional for Mississippi State. In Oxford. All right, hold on. Let me back up just for a second. We've not had a chance to talk to Chris Lamonis about pitching plans when he gets to a regional. That would be a little premature. But given those teams, would you change anything up with your rotation? Would you go with Plumlee in game one against Jacksonville State and then stack up Ethan Small and JT again? No, because you don't want to take any chances. Like, you're probably not losing to Jacksonville State. You feel confident again gets you to the winner, like, through the winner's bracket to the championship game. I'm just throwing Small out there and letting him mow him down. Ole Miss, the number 13 national seed. So you've got the Starkville and Oxford regionals paired together. Ole Miss is the one. Southern Miss as the two. Houston as the three. And Wright State, who's already played in Oxford once this year, opening weekend, as the four. It's not an easy regional, is it? No, that's what I was saying earlier. It feels like a tough draw. I mean, you remember that draw a couple years ago they got in 16 where their four seed was Pac-12 champion Utah. Then you got, what, Boston College in a pretty good two-lane team that knocked them out in the loser's elimination game the next day. Uh, yeah, lost to Utah, then lost to Tulane, and you were left with Boston College and Utah playing in front of about 39 people for a uh, chance to go to a Super Regional. And Boston College won it. They did. Louisville is the number five national seed paired up with North Carolina, where Tennessee is the three seed, so they do have Tennessee getting into the tournament. Georgia Tech is the number six national seed. Auburn going there is the two, paired up with Stanford, where Texas A&M is the two. Georgia as the number seven national seed, paired up with Stillwater, 
Oklahoma State hosting. No SEC teams in Stillwater. And the Lubbock Regional, Texas Tech, playing their way into that last national seed spot. No SEC teams in Lubbock. Paired up with the Greenville, North Carolina. East Carolina. No SEC teams. NC State, Iowa, and Campbell. So let's just, for a second, let's just say chalk holds all the way through. UCLA, LSU. Vandy, Miami. Arkansas, Oregon State. Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Louisville, North Carolina. Georgia Tech, Stanford. Georgia, Oklahoma State. And Texas Tech, East Carolina. They still have LSU as a host. For this week. If... LSU's resume is left in that spot as it currently stands in Ole Miss or State's name. Is it in place? Are they a host? No. No. Okay. But you can't change the name. The name shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. It certainly shouldn't. That seems silly. I don't think LSU's going to host. I don't think as of right now they should be in there too, but I guess you got to find 16. Um. Yeah, you you do, and this is kind of a weird year when you look at the the RPI. Here's a question for you. I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday. How many teams can legitimately win the national championship this year out of the SEC? We'll start there. You go three, or is it more than that? Three ish. Vandy can win it all. Mississippi State could win it all. Arkansas could win it all. Could Georgia win it all? Uh, maybe. I would put them in the second tier. Could Ole Miss win it all? Yeah, I would put them in the second tier right behind those three. Not by much. Georgia and Ole Miss? Yeah. Got to get there first. We'll hit with you, uh, hit up with you on the uh, ceasefire text line when we come back. More coming up in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Ceasefire text line from Max in West Point. 20,000 fans in Starkville for State Ole Miss. Could you get that many in? Is he talking about like a single, like for the weekend or? No, he's talking about per game. I have no idea what Duty Noble holds, particularly not the new one. So I mean, I think the idea was that you could squeeze it in to. What, at least as big as the old the the, the old record was fifteen thousand and change. I, I mean, I is there a point where you shut it off based on what the the fire marshal says? 
as far as I don't, I, just, I can't remember the actual numbers. I think it's about 66,000, 6,500 permanent seats in the new stadiums. Small berms in right field and left field. All the outfield seating area, the lofts, the area up above the lofts. I mean, it would absolutely be a zoo. You know, whatever the number is. I mean, just absolutely as many as the fire marshal will let in is what you'd, you'd be dealing with. And my goodness gracious, would the tension be high. You almost had it in 14. You're close. About as close as it's ever been. Would have been in Oxford in 2014. Well, yeah, I just meant the matchup. Sure. Yeah, it'd be something. It'd be quite the spectacle. Yeah. And and there are people who go, oh, well, you could go play that. At, uh, you're not playing it anywhere, but whoever earns the right to host it. Because nobody's given up that home field advantage just for the sake of Oh well, we could get thirty thousand people to the ball games. Uh, hey, Dad had the idea of playing in duty. I mean, uh, Davis Wade. Yeah, he threw that out there. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening either. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> that would be really cool. Uh, also, uh, not happening. Uh, not happening at all. Somebody pointed out that the Utah team in that uh, Oxford Regional a couple of years ago was actually under five hundred. They got into the tournament because they won the Pac-12 tournament. That is accurate. And with regard to the uh, non-conference scheduling, LSU Texas, what a good football party. Yeah, I would imagine that the uh, the scene outside of DKR in Austin will be pretty pretty spicy leading into uh, to that ball game in week two. Because remember, Texas made a big push um, last year for for kind of a game day environment outside the stadium, concerts and people outside. It it'll they be sell a zoo. beer inside the stadium too, right? I think so. If there's one fan base that could get that reversed. LSU. I think they might press pause on yeah. that for, uh, I don't know, it might help your uh, your revenue. Jason, we were talking about Mississippi State. He pointed out that Haydad said that um, Mississippi State should be 3-0 and going into UK. Here's what Jason said. Jason's a Mississippi State fan. He said, shake my head. How can anyone watch that team last year with, what, five or six NFL draft picks and a record-setting senior quarterback and still assume they should beat Kansas State and USM is beyond me. He says we're all going to be, quote, shocked, close quote, when we're at five and seven. Quarterback was a square peg in a round hole, though. Like, that's why that argument doesn't really hold up. Yeah. Trent says he was at a Texas A&M-Mississippi State game a few years back with 15,000 people packed in pretty tight, hard to get around, but it was at the old stadium. So we'll see. Obviously, we're a long way from uh, Super Regionals. You would have to have both Mississippi State and Ole Miss win their regionals and have the right pairing, which is obviously just a projection at this point. And Ole Miss host first. Because you're assuming Ole Miss isn't winning a regional as a... Oh. To, to be in Starkville. Yes. Yeah. Do you think that happens? Yeah, I actually do think they go 3-3, three and three, at least. I'm not sure if they win this weekend or next weekend, but I think they could end up going three and three to get to 18. Yeah. So you don't think four and two over the final two weeks is going to happen? I didn't say that. Like I think they can. You think three or three or better is going to happen? I think 18 conference wins and they're fine with the way the RPI currently is, and I think they can do that. Put it this way: you're asking Nikhazy and Etheridge to win three out of four starts. Not really unheard of. Yeah. 
Uh, you got a verdict today in the Hoops scandal trial in New York. Federal jury in New York on Wednesday convicted aspiring sports agent Christian Dawkins and former Adidas consultant Merle Code for their roles in bribing basketball assistant coaches to influence their players to sign with Dawkins' new sports management company and certain financial advisors once they turned pro. It's a good thing the FBI is getting these guys off the streets. Jury deliberated for parts of three days before convicting Code and Dawkins. Dawkins was found guilty of bribery and conspiracy to commit bribery. That's two counts. They were trying to get six. Code was convicted of conspiracy to commit bribery. Dawkins has been facing six total charges so far. And by the way, there is not going to be a third trial because the other guy that was out there uh, has pleaded. Who am I thinking about? Um, Munish sued was the like the suit guy uh, and has pled out and that's the same thing with the uh, the former Auburn assistant coach as well so you don't have another one or um, I'm sorry it was uh, Rashawn Michelle the former NBA referee and who was the lone remaining defendant in the third federal criminal trial accepted a plea deal deal with prosecutors on Tuesday on a charge of bribery conspiracy. Former Auburn assistant coach Chuck Person pleaded guilty in March to accepting $91,500 in bribes to influence players to sign with certain financial advisors. Scheduled to be sentenced on July 9th, faces up to two and a half years in prison. Should Chuck Person face any prison time? Nope. Is there a judge that's going to look at this and go, there are a lot of things you ought to go to jail for. This isn't one of them. We're going to give you time served. There's some kind of motive here amongst the Southern District of New York, as we've talked about. I don't know what it is, so probably not. Can I? Can, can we just look at this for a second? And say, okay, this all started in September of 2017. We don't know what the NCAA fallout is going to be, but a massive amount of time and energy and money by the United States Justice Department has been spent over the course of two years, almost two years, chasing basketball's ugly underbelly and you've gotten two convictions two partial convictions and two plea deals to what end basketball's not changing recruiting's not going to change I didn't know where you were going with that for a second I thought you were going with the Seth Davis take oh no <laughs> no, that no. This is a, Seth, Seth Davis comes with this flaming hot take of, well, look, I mean, you got That's all this, all and look, it's all they found. The basketball must not be as dirty. Oh, shut up, That's Seth. Not how that works at all. They no, no, basketball's plenty people. dirty. If you paid attention to anything that happened in the trial, it's abundantly clear that basketball is dirty. Well, they targeted specific. The whole like that's all they found argument doesn't hold up because that's not how that works. Like they targeted specific people and they got what they wanted. 
But what did they get? I don't know. That's actually well. That's what I keep trying to ask every time we bring this up. I ask, what does this look like in the end, and why is this happening? And no one can give me an answer why. There's some motive behind all of this that we don't know. There's no way they just picked out of this. Maybe these guys really genuinely view this as like a federal crime, but I highly doubt it because it's been happening for years. I imagine those people knew it's been happening for years. So why now? It's hard to to come up, regardless of how you feel about what you've heard in court over these this month trial, over these two trials, it's really hard to come up with a good rationale for why this amount of time and this amount of, of money, resources, taxpayer dollars have been spent to go after this. There's something we don't know. What? I don't think that's ever figured out. I'm not even really talking on the basketball side of it. There's something that made them pursue this and why, and I don't know why. You watch Billions. Sure. There's got to be something. I mean, right? Like, I'm not, like, being, like, trying to, like, make, like, leap or stretch here, but why does this happen just then, Rand? Like, what spurred this investigation? Well, I mean, there's a tip, or there's somebody they're chasing, and they undercover, uncover something else, and they go, oh, we can get a win here. Do you think Chuck Persons and them have been trying to hide this from the federal government, though? Like, it's been happening in fairly plainly for a long time. Yeah. Like, the- No, I, I agree with that, but, but I mean, again, the question is, but, but why? That's what I'm at. <laughs> I just... I don't know. I don't think we'll ever find out either, which is going to make this whole thing just even weirder when it ends and you're just kind of like, what just happened? Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. We'll wrap things up next. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Talk Mississippi Media Production.